How many of you feel like this might be your life right now? You're staring at something, you're like, man, this is just like nothing happening. I'm at a standstill. I feel like emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally, uh, relationally, everything you can think of. Like it's just, is anybody going to be brave enough this morning just to say, yeah, that's me right now? Anybody? I see, I see one hand. See, yeah. So there's a couple of hands. Yeah, okay. Thank you for your honesty and your courageous uh, hand gesture this morning. Here's what I know is that we sang about today in several different ways, but outside of Jesus, this really is life. There's just nothing happening. And uh, I'm going to grab one more. Uh, well, no, I won't. Um, outside of Jesus, there's not a whole lot that happens. We, we try to make some plans and do some things that will make us feel like we've got some control over our life. And we start seeing some success. And we think, oh, yeah, we can do it. We don't need anybody else. We don't need, need anyone else. We don't need a, a savior or anything of that nature. We can do it on our own. How many of you are there this morning? You're seeing some success. Some of y'all just like, I just don't want to say it. I'm embarrassed because it is me. Like, stop talking about me. Okay, whatever. Here's what I know is that even in this moment of our life, God is still with you. And not only that, God is still wanting to do something in and through you, even if you can't see it at this moment. Right now, there are a hundred inmates in Beaumont, Texas, that are lined up to get baptized this morning. Before you clap, because that sounds real good, and yeah, let's get the cheer out of the way. Some of these people are going to be there for a long time. Now, you think your life is bad right now. When you've got this little steel toilet that doesn't move, you've, you've got this little cell you're in, you see the same four walls every day, and you go to a service, and you hear some chaplain talk about having hope in Jesus, and all you do is look around and see nothing but these cinder block type walls, and you think, man, there's nothing happening, and sometimes it can feel like that. You can feel like there's just really nothing, nothing going on. You're just stuck in this cell. And it's like, you know, what, what do I do with this message of hope? How do, I, how do I have hope when I look around and see nothing around me but despair? And you know what really frustrates me, if I can just be honest, because I'm going to just like kind of talk as I make some strokes here. Um, what, what frustrates me a lot is... These guys, we, we talk to them. We go, we'll have ministries that go out to the prisons. I'm, I'm going to harp on this for just a second, so just bear with me. We have these ministries that go out to the prison, and we say, hey, you know, have hope in Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Even though I know you're incarcerated and you're going to be here for a little bit, you got nowhere else to go, nothing else to look at, nothing else to talk about. Um, but keep your eyes on Jesus because there's hope in Jesus. Well, then they get saved. Then they get baptized. And they're full of hope. And they get out of prison, and they walk into a society that, says, I don't want you. Mm -mm -mm. They walk into a church that says, you've been where? Mm. You, you can't serve. You can't participate. You can't be involved because of these things. And so now all that message of hope that we have seen and heard about and we have, we have uh, preached these people it's just another stroke against their life that's saying, hey, I really am a mess. There's nothing good 
about me or for me. I've got no purpose. I've got no, no hope. I've got no future. Everything that chaplain said to me was just a lie. Because I've walked into the church. I've been around church people. And all they care about is where I've been and not what God has done in my life. And so even though I have all this stuff I've been building up and working on, I've seen God transform me and change me. What's happening right now is I still feel like a big mess with no hope. Sometimes it's, it looks a little different. Sometimes it's, hey, I'm in this class at church that says this is how I can have a godly marriage. But I'm still fighting against the same problems over and over and over again and I'm struggling and I feel like all I have is this same stinking abyss of a life because my marriage is the same is God really real does God really hear my prayers when I cry myself to sleep is this resonate with anybody this morning does God really hear hear me pray does he really care about who I am what I've what I'm going through, what I'm experiencing. My job is terrible. My boss is terrible. My, you name it. It's just, I feel like I'm struggling. Let's look at James chapter 1 real quick. We have that. I'll tell you what, I'm going to pull it up on. There we go. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider an opportunity for great joy. Let's just stop for a second. How many of you think that your troubles are joyful? Be honest. Yeah, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to see how joys can be, how, how, how troubles can be joyful. But it says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Let's stop there. For you know. How do you know that? Go back one, one slide. How do you know that when your faith is tested, that it's, an, it, it's uh, your endurance has a chance to grow. How many of you feel like you're looking at this canvas and you're like, yeah, I don't have any endurance. You don't understand. How many of you feel like you're right there? Like I, my endurance is gone. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I'm pressing forward, but I just don't feel like I have any endurance. But it says that for you know, you know because you're connected to Jesus and Jesus gives you that endurance that you need. To wake up and say, you know what, there is a problem, but I'm going to face this problem head on. I'm not going to be scared of this problem. Let's keep going for your, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Needing nothing. The world says you have to work hard to get the boat and to get this stuff, and then you'll be happy. You've got to, you know... Cheat, steal, lie to get that promotion because then you'll be successful. Then you'll be successful. How many of you know that success like that is here one day and gone the next? Because if you're doing that, someone else is doing it to you too. So when you get to the top, they're waiting to take you down to show you that you're really not as important or as big as you think you are. Oh boy, it's going to be a long Sunday. I've got that feeling. These are all strokes that just build in our life. Let's keep going. But it says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, 
and he will give it to you. When's the last time you stopped and asked God for wisdom instead of trying to do it on your own? I mean, like, really? When's the last time you said, oh, you know what? This is not, this is not the way I want to live my life. Lord, you, you know what I need, right? Because the word says that every good and perfect thing comes from the Father. So he knows what we need, yet we still try to do things on our own, right? You need wisdom, ask it. He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. God is not like some of these earthly fathers that we have as examples that say, hey, stop asking me questions. Leave me alone. I'm busy. We don't have that kind of God. Thank God. Right? I hope I don't drop any of this on this nice rug here. It's been here since the foundation of the world. Let's keep going. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Stop. When you ask him, though, make sure that your faith is in God alone. Don't go in there with an agenda on the back burner. And then go to God and say, oh, yes, Lord, I need your wisdom. Help me make this decision for my life because it's in the toilet and I need help getting out, Lord. And if you don't come through in the next X amount of minutes, I've got plan B. So you can't live life asking God for wisdom with plan B in your back pocket. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Y'all want me to stop there and just go home? <laughs> Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Wait, what? Is that their loyalty is divided between God and 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 the world? And they are unstable in everything they do. So there's a divided loyalty here. Does that work? Let me ask you a question. How does that work in marriages? We can be interactive this morning. How does it work in a marriage? When you're divided between you and something else, someone else, anything else, it doesn't work. Mm. Just making sure y'all were in agreement. If not, we have a whole other sermon we got to preach this morning. And that's okay. I'll do it. Let's keep going. Believers who are poor have something to boast about, for God has honored them. And those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them. They will fade away like a little flower in the field. The hot sun rises and the grass withers and the little flower droops and falls and its beauty fades away. In the same way, the rich will fade away with all their achievements. Are achievements bad when they take the place of God? Mm-hmm. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, not if, when you're being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. The Lord won't give you more than you can handle. So you're saying the Lord's giving you evil and temptation and those kind of things? So that contradicts that scripture right there. Don't say the bumper sticker phrase if it goes against the, the word of God, okay? So God is never tempted to do wrong. and He never tempts anyone else. There's somebody else that does that. I'm trying to think of his name. 
Temptation comes from our own desires. Oh, there's his name. Which entices and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, guess what? It gives birth to death. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. I just alluded to this. Whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God, our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possessions. Amen? So why do you still struggle in life? Why are you still fighting to do things your way? You know what happens when we do that? So I mix this blue and this purple together. It looks really good. Like a happy little accident. I feel like Bob Ross. <laughs> you know what happens when we do that? We, we make our life chaotic. Every time we do that, we make our life chaotic. And we're like, I don't understand why, you know, things aren't changing. Well, because... You're shifting and you're changing and you're not keeping your eyes on Jesus, the one who doesn't change, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But this person hurt me. Okay, I'm sure they did. But why does that have to change your faith in who God is? Why does that have to dictate how you pray and how you seek after wisdom? See, when our foundation is not strong, we just toss and blow and we pray, Lord, change my situation. He's like, I just want to change you. I, you know, your situation isn't great. I see that. But I just want to change you. That's what I want to do. How many of you want to put yourself in that position saying, Lord, I don't care if my situation changes. Just change me. Yes. It's easy to say yes this morning until that situation happens tomorrow. And see, you can't be prepared for those things when they happen. If you're not preparing yourself right now before they happen. But all this stuff tends to come into our life and it just, we make a mess of things. Kind of like this canvas here. We make decisions, we do things, we say things that we don't really mean because we're not getting our way. And so instead of being followers of Jesus, we're just being followers of the devil. And by, by acting like the world, sounding like the world, and then coming to church on Sunday, raising our hands, saying, hallelujah, glory to God, you're my foundation. Until Monday morning at work at 8 a.m. when I get that email or I see that customer that comes in, I just cannot stand. <laughs> and yet, we're saying, Lord, give me wisdom. Change me, Lord. But just don't change me in this situation because I feel justified in my anger towards this person. They ha you, you just don't understand how much mental pain they have caused me. The Lord's saying, where, where do you think I am? Yeah. Up on a hill far away? The word says his name is Emmanuel. God with us. So if he's with us, he's with you right now. But life gets hard sometimes and things happen. It causes us problems and, and it gets hard. You know why we preach about discipleship so much here at Life Church? Because we've seen that through discipleship relationships, it helps us navigate those hard times yes. when we're by ourselves and we don't know what to do. We're saying, Lord, just do something to my, 
to my situation and God's saying, I just want to transform your brain for a moment. Because how you're thinking about the situation, it really isn't healthy for you, isn't healthy for the situation. I hope I don't get pink on this new shirt. I love this orange shirt. Huh? Wait, yeah, whatever. <laughs> the, the, Lord, the Lord wants to transform your brain. And sometimes we, we let situations in life dictate how our discipleship relationships are uh, acting in our lives or, or operating in our lives. Because, see, you know, we all say, yes, oh, yeah, accountability. You're right. Oh, yeah, you, you got to be held accountable. Oh, yes, accountability. Woo! Then you get that phone call and say, hey, what were you doing last weekend? <laughs> Saw you on, on Facebook. Saw you on TikTok. Didn't know you could dance like that. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> and you say, hey, look, that's my life. That's, that's me. I, I don't need you in my personal business. If you don't like it, you can just unfriend me. You can block me or you can just keep scrolling. Okay. I thought you said you wanted to be in relationship with Jesus, be part of his church, be the hands of feet, him, be an ambassador. You know, ambassadors don't get the luxury of saying, well, you can't watch me publicly because I'm an ambassador, right? Everything that I say and do is under scrutiny, and rightfully so. If you're saying you're the mouthpiece for an entire nation, in our instance, we're the mouthpiece for the kingdom of God. We don't have uh, the luxury of our rights to be private. Now, I'm not saying that you should let everybody into the things that are most important. There's a group of people you need to have in your life. And I'm not saying your business would be strewn across the, the world here. But what I am saying is that as far as being in the spotlight, you are in the spotlight. Because you really technically should be the light, right? So people should be looking at your life. They shouldn't see somebody that's different on Saturday that is not the same person that comes on a Sunday. But too often they do. And you know what? The church is being called hypocrites and liars and cheats and all those different things and you know, that's probably true. That's probably right. So we keep making these decisions, and life keeps getting messy and messy. And we're just saying, you know, Lord, do something different with my life. You know, change me. But we keep making these crazy little decisions without accountability. And all people see now is the crazy while you're trying to preach the gospel. And you're like, I, I don't understand why I can't be a leader. Why is no one following me? Because they see you. <laughs> they see you. But life gets crazy sometimes, and we want to blame everybody else. And I get it. It's easy that way, right? I think we're enough. I think we're done with green. What do y'all think? Let's look at that next scripture real quick. When one of you says, now this is Paul talking to the Corinthian church who's having an issue with who to follow. Do I follow Matt? Do I follow Chris? Who do I follow? He says, did you say definitely Chris? Oh, definitely not Chris. Hey. Let's look at the word of God real quick. When one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, another says, I'm a follower of Apollos, aren't you acting just like the people of the world? Oh, my goodness. Man, why does God have to, like, hit you right between the eyes with some of these scriptures? You know what I mean? Let's keep going. After all, who is Apollos? Who is Chris? Who is Matt? Let's keep going. Who is Paul? 
We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. See, this is the problem with people in church that want to serve in church. Sometimes they say, you know, I got to do this and I got to do that. They keep making these big, bold statements, you know. Look what, you know, I believe the Lord has told me. See, listen, I'm going to be a little transparent with you. When you say, I believe the Lord this and the Lord that, and it includes telling somebody else what they should and should be doing, uh, red flag, okay? Red flag. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. If you're in it to serve in the church, to serve God's kingdom because you get to be seen, you are wrong. You are missing the mark, and you're creating more bold strokes that's going to create chaos in your life, in people's life, in the church leadership's life. Lord knows I know about that. But what's important is that God makes the seed grow. That's why we do what we do. You need to pray for your church church leaders because sometimes it gets really hard because the enemy wants to let you uh, get, fall into that trap thing that you're doing something. And it's not you. It's not, it's not us. It's not. It's, it's, it's God. And I don't ever want to lose sight of that. Because uh, if I do, and it's all on my shoulders, I have failed you. I have failed God. I have failed his people. And I have failed those who I haven't even met yet. And I'm just creating chaos for people. But the one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. And both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers. And you, and you, and you, next slide. Is anybody back there? And, and you are God's field. You are God's building. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others, who are, now others are building on it. Have you thought about that for a second? That the, the statements that you make, the decisions you make, the things you do for God kind of helps the next person coming behind you to do and to invest in and to lead other people. Thank God for Paul's example because we're following Paul's example. He follows Christ's example, right? It's a foundation. But the person building this foundation must be very careful. Yeah, next slide. You're good. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. So here we are, full circle again. I'm back to, hey, stop trying to do things on your own. You know, sometimes we just get, we get angry. We get angry with uh, God not doing things the way we want it done. Not setting us up in that position or this position. Not changing our work environment. Kind of like Mardi Gras a little bit here. Yeah. But you know what? God is always working for those who love him. As long as we have our foundation in Jesus Christ, I'm gonna hear, I want you to hear this. Everything is going to be okay. The situation may be terrible. But our eyes are not on the situation. It's not on the, the missed opportunity. It is on Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation of Jesus Christ may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. 
Oh, now it's going to get serious. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer a great loss. That's a, that's a bad day, huh? What kind of work are you doing right now? Anybody want to answer that? No, I'm just rhetorical, please. What kind of work are you doing right now? And if it's put in the fire and it's tested, what will it reveal? Selfishness, pride, jealousy, envy. What's it going to reveal? I don't know. Go back to the next slide, previous slide, please. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. Next one. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through the walls of flames. That's no way I want to be saved. Don't you realize that all of you put together are the temple of God? And that the Spirit of God lives in you. God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple. Y'all hear that? All those bozos that think they can come up against God's church, they don't stand a chance. If there's one person I don't want to go against in a head-to-head match, no holds barred, right? That's God. I don't want to fight him. I don't want to go against him. So he says, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. Now I want you to read that statement for you are God's temple, or for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. Stop deceiving yourselves. If you think that you are wise by the world's standards, you need to become a fool to truly be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. As the scriptures say, he traps the wise in the snare of their own cleverness. Boy, ain't that good of God. You ain't got to do it for him. Sometimes they do it to themselves, but you know what? The Lord's always working for those who love him are called according to his purpose, right? Again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise. He knows they are worthless. Yikes. So don't boast about following a particular human leader for everything belongs to you. Hang on just a second. I know a lot of people who get caught up, well, this pastor says this, and I follow this pastor here. And Have you read this pastor's book? I don't care what book he wrote. It might be good, but it ain't the book, right? And I'm certainly not going to put all my eggs in this basket of Pastor John Doe over here who says, you know, the blood moons are coming tomorrow, and the world's going to burn up, and then, you know, build yourself a bunker with green beans. So you, you got to be careful who you follow. Some of y'all are like, quit talking about my pastor. <laughs> whether you're Paul or Apollos or Peter or the world or life or death, or whether Paul, Apollos, Peter, or the world, life or death, or the present and their future, everything belongs to you, and you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. Isn't that good stuff? So... If Keep that last scripture up, please, if you don't mind. I'm going to talk about that just a second. 
as we get close to finishing up this painting this morning that looks like a five-year-old did it. You're grounded. Can we put that last scripture up, please? And you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to you. That right there. Let's look at that phrase for just a moment as I kind of start wrapping things up here. Going a little bit over time, and I apologize. Get over it. The Lord loves you. <laughs> if you know you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to you, why do you still try to do things on your own? Why do you still try to fight the situation with your wisdom and not God's wisdom? Why do you still try to be like the world while you say you love Christ and hope that Jesus is just happy when you get home at midnight? Waiting up for you like a concerned parent. He's going to scold you a little bit and then he's going to be all right. You know, let's keep moving on. Why do we still live life like that? I want to show of hands. I'm looking at you in case you didn't know it. How many of you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Okay. Okay, that's good. And you should. You should believe that because if you said yes to him and you've asked him to do that, he wants to be that. The problem is we like him to be friend. We like him to be neighbor. We like him to be counselor. We like him to be genie. But a lot of times... When it's time for that accountability, rut row. We say, oh, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I want to keep living my life the way I was living it because if I don't, things are going to change too much and I won't know who I am and, I, and my friends are going to abandon me. They're not going to love me anymore because they're going to say I'm some holy roller and, and then I got to have this obligation of going and preaching the gospel to the world. I can barely talk to my spouse. What do you mean, preach to the world? Right? Some of you are like, okay, he's getting way too real this morning. Wrap it up, Pastor. A lot of times we live life where we're saying, I want more of you, Lord. I want that foundation. But all we can look at is see the mess of who we are. That's all we see is this incredible mess. We say, Lord, why aren't you doing something? But listen, when our foundation is in Jesus and we keep our eyes on him, he can make the mess a masterpiece. He can turn your life around in such a way that you didn't even realize he was working. And then all of a sudden one day you wake up and you realize, whoa, I didn't uh, curse out my boss today behind his back. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm changing. Hey, today I actually wanted to sit down with my wife and have a lunch and hear about all the things that she's involved in. God's changing you. <laughs> Today, you, you said, hey, you know what? I actually scheduled that coffee with that person that I need. I know they've got what I need, and I'm not going to want to hear it at first, but I know they've got the wisdom of the Lord, and I need that right now. God's he's changing me. We look at a mess, but God sees a masterpiece. And before long, we can start seeing that masterpiece too, that he's growing us and changing us into something we never even imagined, that our mess can be a masterpiece as we put our foundation in Christ, 
those things that are challenging, those strokes that are giving us chaos in life and bringing us heartache and pain, that's a chance for us to grow and mature into who God has called us to be. Church, stop playing the church game. Stop playing the discipleship game. Put your foundation in Jesus. He wants you to be beautiful. Now listen, I didn't paint that just now. I painted that last night. I had it in a little bit of time. But look, God, it doesn't happen overnight. This painting didn't happen overnight. Sort of it did. It kind of did. But transformation didn't happen overnight. But listen, if we don't have people in our lives helping us and holding us accountable and loving on us and putting God's word in our face when the world is putting in their wisdom and knowledge in our face, we're going to be off into chaos like never before. And it's just going to look like this every single day of our life. God wants you to be different. He wants to change you. He wants to transform you. He wants you to grow into this beautiful thing that he says is good and has a purpose and has a meaning. Stop fighting against that, that transformation. Stop allowing the world's wisdom to come into your brain and, and, and take hold of your heart. Let the word of God be what is your foundation in Jesus Christ. You belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. And in that, you have everything you need. All the wisdom, all the emotional health, the spiritual health. The physical talents, everything you need comes from God. Everything that's good and perfect comes from him, the word says. So now is your time. This is your moment right now to say, hey, you know what? I'm tired of just seeing a mess. Because if I just stay this close to the canvas, all I see is strokes of chaos. But if I step back and say, you know what? Those are all part of my story. These are all things that have helped me get to where God has called me to be. And today I can say, yeah, my past was nasty. But today... My present, it looking real good. And my future looks even brighter because of who Jesus Christ is. We're talking about foundation here. If it's in anything else but Jesus, you're going to fall. There's going to be cracks. Or like the, the, the builder who built on sand, when the storm comes, it's going to wash all of that away. Because it's not real. You've just been pretending. You, you have the right phrase to say in the moment that makes you look spiritual. But outside of that... There ain't nothing happening in your life. God wants that to change today. God loves you. He's called you. And he's saying, look, when you, when you say yes to me, you get all of me. There is no limit to God's love, his grace, his mercy, his wisdom, his kindness, his favor, his blessings. He's not Aladdin's genie. He's your Lord and Savior. He's the creator of the universe. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. All these different titles that, that we can say for God and Jesus, that's who he is. But more importantly, he's saying, I want to do life with you. I don't care how young you are, how old you are. God wants to do life with you and change you into something beautiful. Would y'all stand with me this morning? I'm going to pray over you. If you need some prayer, our prayer partners with lanyards will be around. Find